It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, Jay, you teased it up off the top of the show. You found some statistical well, potential anomaly I, pattern that you want I, to share I think us? I did, and, I, and I'll preface this too by saying um, that it maybe it's too small a sample size. I know I kind of kidded with Bull. A lot of times when I make a stat, he'll, it's, yeah. he'll say, but it's too early. We don't know, and he, he's right. Obviously, you want more games to make some sort of overarching statement. <clears throat> but we have asked on this show for really two years, the whole time we've been on, mm. what does Kevin Stefanski have over the Bengals? How is he consistently beating a really good football team? He's 6-1 and one against Cincinnati. And many of those games have been two-score games. Some of them have been three-score games. It's really been impressive what he has done against the Cincinnati Bengals. Six wins, one loss. Against everybody else in the NFL, he is three games under 500. But what I wanted to focus in on was just the divisional games. Baltimore and Pittsburgh are the bullies of the division. Do we agree? Mm -hmm. They're the mean, physical, hard-hitting teams. Cincinnati is the finesse team in the division. Against the... I, 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 I just think they are bull. The Bengals defensively, I don't think of them as finesse. but No, but I don't think yeah. of them as beating us up. I don't think of them as having an attitude. When yeah. I think of Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I think this. I think exactly what we saw Monday night. They're going to try to lay you out. They are hitting you with a purpose. Not just to end the play. Yeah. They want to take their pound of flesh. Against Baltimore and Pittsburgh... Kevin Stefanski is four and nine, and we five always and nine. five and nine. No, I didn't give him the playoff win, and the, he's got a six and nine combined. That's um, with the Titans. Yeah, I played this week. Yeah, I, I didn't throw the for my numbers. I just went in the division. Yeah. It's teams we see on a regular basis. We know all of them well. They know us. Mm-hmm. I just think that oftentimes you're right. Numbers are so close, or they're not. There's not that big. We don't have a large sample size. This is three plus years of games in the division, and the team that has been the best team in the division is six and one, and I would consider them more the thoroughbred finesse team, and the teams that are just beat you up and leave you black and blue, we're four and nine against those teams, and we always say that coaches take their personality and they just it just trickles down to the players and that's how they play. And and yeah. I, I think in this case there's something to that bull. I don't know how else to answer it. Yeah, I mean we don't it, do it well to it. when other teams take the fight to us. I want to know more of the offensive because I don't like defensively you're right, especially Pittsburgh, they're very physical defensively. They've always been I don't know that Baltimore is as much now as they were in in past years. I don't think of the Steelers as a tough team offensively, though, physically. Like, in terms of the Browns fighting No, the Browns but they're defense. also, I think you'd agree with this, they're yeah. also not a finesse team. And, and Bull, yeah. to be completely honest with you, right. I am looking at this more 
on a, I think defense is what sets the attitude and the tone. Okay. So I mean, when you're on offense, the idea is to score points. It's hard to bully other teams into the end zone sure. because that would mean you're just doing what Atlanta did to us last year where they just every single play, they're, right, they're right, taking right. it to us. Yeah. Typically on offense, you're, the goal is to score points. And right. being a bully on offense, I think that you set the tone for a game with that big hit. That hit that lays out the other team's quarterback and it takes them a minute to get up. I, I think that our defense, although very good this year, I think this year our defense is closer to Pittsburgh and Baltimore than it's than it's been any other time under Kevin Stefanski. I think the Browns have a much better defense than Baltimore. I do too. Yeah. And so what I'm anxious to see is how we play out against Baltimore and Pittsburgh now that our defense has got dog in it. Because the first right. three years of Stefanski, I kept scratching my head saying, where's the dog? Yeah. Who's the dog? Now I think the dog is Jim Schwartz. And I hope that all of the defensive players right. take on his personality like they've done in Baltimore for years. I know it was under Wink, but I still think that the guy driving that bus is Harbaugh, yeah. and that's the way he wants to play football. And yet the Bengals, during that same time, have a good record against both the Steelers and the Ravens. Which you, How do you figure yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I think I think Zedaria Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson have that dog. I, I agree with you. The, and, I agree and with Grant you. Grant Delpit might be one of those guys. He's now becoming that, one. He's playing much, much, much better. Do you buy year. those numbers? Four and nine. Six and one. I mean, I'm just scratching my head, Jay, trying to figure out what is it? Yeah, I, I do think there's a little bit something to the physicality of the style that Baltimore and Pittsburgh play. Uh, I also think, you know, when you it, when the argument we're having earlier about pull his numbers out against Cincinnati out of the equation, listen, he's a 500 coach, period. Like, yeah. With Cincinnati, without Cincinnati. Yes. A couple games over 500, a couple games under 500. You're still yeah. a 500 yep. coach. Yeah. And so I think we make a little bit too much of that if you say pull the Bengals out and then look at his record. Well, it's pretty much the same as what it is. With Cincinnati, it's sure. five hundred. He had one really good year. He's had a couple of yeah, uh, but not so good. However, uh, yes, it, I mean, without it, he's a couple over. With it, he's a couple under. Mm-hmm. But he's five games over five hundred against one team right. with a seven-game body of work. Yeah, it's it's just I, I have no explanation for it, and I I've yet to come up with find anyone that has one either. And these games, for the most part, against Cincinnati, haven't been close. Yeah. Halloween last year, week one this year. Yeah. Go back a couple of years ago, it would be 41-18 or something. I, 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 think, uh, uh, there's, I think there's four games that fit the category you're talking about. Because the first two wins by Stefanski, the Bengals were bad. That was Burrow's rookie year. Yes. They were still terrible. Yeah. And then one of the wins in 21. They didn't play the starters at the starters. end of the year. But there's been four games where the Bengals were a good team with all their – or most of their players, certainly Burrow – and the Browns are three and one in those games. That's so, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Why? I mean, is it the physicalness of the defense against Pittsburgh or Baltimore? Is it that Pittsburgh and Baltimore are much better coached than both Cincinnati and Cleveland? But may, I, I, you know, and some of it's just matchups, right? Like Denzel yeah. Ward, for whatever reason, play, and Miles Garrett play their best football against the Bengals. They don't play as well. They haven't played as well. Consistently against Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I, I don't, is there a specific reason? You just said, Jason, you, nobody's been able to give you a specific no. reason. No. No, you talk to the guys with the Browns, they can't tell you why they've owned no, that series? No, nobody, I mean, if they do know, they're keeping it to themselves. Yeah. But nobody, nobody, nobody. Now, why is Patrick Mahomes 1-3 against 
the Bengals. It's a great question. And beats everybody and never I, loses to anybody else. I, it's the same thing's going on for them, and I don't I yeah. don't know. It's just I know sometimes a team just has another team's number. Yeah. And maybe that's all this is. But I do I do think that we see a different Cleveland Brown team when they're playing Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I mean, the four and nine bears that out. You know, yes, he is a 500 coach, but when you look at th- his record against those teams, yeah, he's five been, games under been bad. in just 13 games. Yeah. Like, that's, you it's know, bad. they've it's owned Kevin Stefanski, and have. that's got to turn around. Well, they've if you're owned the win entire the division, franchise for 25 years. Like, they have. It, it's not just it's now, not just Kevin. It's the fact that those are two really good. I mean, they're two of the jewels of the NFL. They two have. of the best head coaches, as far as I'm concerned, leading them. Like Tomlin and Harbaugh is the goal. we talk about. There's the only handful of coaches that really have an impact in our. Aren't elite they the coaches. most tenured coaches at their at their play? Except their, for Belichick. Except for Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would put uh, those. Andy Reid. Yeah, Reid is. The I know people. No, but Reid. Yeah, it's switched. People yeah, yeah. are down on Tomlin a little bit, but I'm not. I still think he's an elite head coach. I do too. I'd put him in that category. I do and too. And so that's. I mean, the Browns are fighting an uphill battle well, just from the start when you have two of the premier franchises in the NFL historically over the last 25 years. Now you've got the Bengals with Burrow in there. Like, the, who, who are a yardstick team over the last three years. Absolutely, and better than those other two. It's nuts. So. And, uh, but, you know, it's a big if. Big if. But if the Browns sweep the Ravens this year, they will be 500 against the Ravens. Well, yeah, well, the you know what they say about if. Yeah, well, if his butts <laughs> are again, nuts. And, and I know they didn't, but if they if, – <laughs> If Jed makes that block on Highsmith and they win that game, the tenor of today of in this course, entire totally week different oh, story. is totally Absolutely different. Win different. one for Chubb. Let's get it done. I, I, yeah. I hope they play with that attitude. I only I, The reason I bring that up is because I think that Mike Vrabel is a lot more Baltimore and Pittsburgh than he is Cincinnati. Yeah. And so that's a similar matchup that we're going to see. Now, he's 1-0 against Vrabel head-to-head. That I think that would they won forty. It was in twenty twenty. That was an impressive win. That was a really good win. That was an impressive win. Forty one thirty five, and that was when correct. Baker was here in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, correct? Okay, it was a late season game. I so think. we'll see. Against it was a big really game. It was a big they, game for their playoff push. The Titans were good that year. Yeah, they, they were. were. They were yeah. legitimately so good. So I, I like that. I, I think the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC before the Bengals beat them in the second round. I believe in twenty one. You might be right. You might be right. I think so. I think so. But. I, in terms of their offense, Tennessee is more aligned with Baltimore, not Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is not a run-first team. Well, they haven't been because right now they're scratching their head saying, who's our run? Yeah, I mean, they're, last year Pittsburgh was middle of the pack in terms of percentage of running plays. This year they're 31st in percentage of running plays. Well, they were down big in no, the I hear. entire week. That's why this year one. you take with a great yeah, assault. Yeah. But even last year they were middle of the pack, whereas the Titans and Ravens are top five. They run the ball. They, in they, terms they, of percentage, your yeah. run plays with Atlanta and But again, uh, I'm, I'm talking more about the attitude and style of the defense. Sure. And Vrabel is definitely in the Pittsburgh-Baltimore camp He there. is, but I don't think they – I don't. I, the Titans defense hasn't been as good the last couple of years as, you know, we think Pittsburgh and Baltimore are now, or at least Pittsburgh. I, I don't know. It, it, you know, it's you can't read too much into the numbers in terms of, you know – the statistics this year, like the ranks this year are stupid. It's two games. Yeah, Those are kind nothing. of meaning. You can go from 28th to probably 6th in one week this, at this you point can. in the season yeah. if you play a really great game. But uh, I, listen, there's no denying. We're all in agreement here. The Titans are well coached. And that's the reason, to some degree, they've overachieved some of these years. Yeah. And he, Mike Vrabel loves coming back here and playing. Teresa was talking about that yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Being a hometown kid, he's 2-0 and in Cleveland as a coach. 
So. His ties to Ohio and to this area in particular are a lot stronger than most people think. Oh, yeah. He is extremely proud of his heritage and his, his Ohio roots. And, you know, I was surprised that there wasn't a, some sort of a move to bring him here when they brought Stefanski in. I, I still think that, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but if, if they move on from Kevin, like Mike Vrabel would be my list. Well, he's not going to, it would be a lateral move. He, they're not going to be able to. No, it wouldn't for him because he's coming home. Yeah, but he could. They would. I, I would think that if he moves out of Tennessee, it would right. either be a premier job or it would be Ohio State I, I or Cleveland. I actually thought that. I thought he would be an Ohio State guy. He would go yes. to Ohio and State. I, and I think also that the likelihood that he goes to Ohio State, I think the chances of that happening are probably greater than him coming oh, to yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, that, but that's if, not if the cards fell the right way, right. say Ryan Day beats Michigan this year and there's zero talk now of moving on from Ryan Day, and things go sideways here, and you're talking about bringing in a new coach. Like I just think it's a perfect match. I just don't see how he gets out of Tennessee to come to Cleveland. But even if Day beats Michigan, we're getting way off track. Yeah. I still think Day's, Days yeah. are numbered. Now, to in, be fair, in, in I don't Columbus. think uh, – Vrabel's only got one playoff win also, I think, right? What's his playoff record? Uh, right? Give me one sec. He's had a lot. I mean, obviously, he's had more success in the regular season than yeah. the play than the right. But he's in a much easier division. But at this also. point, the last time we hired a coach, not for an interim job, but a head coach that had yeah. any previous experience, do you know when that was? Previous experience as a head coach. As a head it coach, was Mangini. Yeah, it was Mangini. And before that, no. What do you mean, no? There was never, never. never. That was it. That. Yeah, Schottenheimer, Bud. They were all first-timers. Tigliano. Yeah. Everything in this regime, with the exception no, of No, actually, Hugh Jackson was a second-timer. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was. Hugh, yeah. Hugh Jackson had an, was one year in Oakland. And was that kind of an – I mean, he did the whole year. He was 8-8, eight and eight, I think. Yeah. Um, but even when they made that move, I, always, I, I don't know if they called him the interim and said they were going to no, look at him no. after the season. No, or? he was the head coach. Yeah, I'm pretty sure coach. he was the head yeah. coach. Yeah. In Vrabel has two playoff wins, by the way. Oh, so two. Two I, I, just, I just think that part of it is bringing people in that have done this before and not letting someone cut their first-time teeth. I am a big believer in you learn from your mistakes and you're better the second time around. I do believe but that. that yeah. doesn't work in all cases. But I just think it, with experience and, and being able to take a step back and saying, I did this right, I did that wrong, I like how we did that, I probably could have been better at that. I just think the second time around, you get the label of retread. Yeah. But I just think I, I, I just think you learn so much going through it for the first time. Sure. Yesterday but there's said, plenty of second-time coaches that are doing a terrible job. Sure, and there's plenty Sean of second-time coaches who are pretty I mean, good. Not, I wouldn't say a terrible job. Well, He's off to 0-2 start. Josh McDaniels. Josh I mean, McDaniels. Oh, there are a lot of them in the Belichick tree that yeah. people think then, there's got to be some genius there. Let's give them another shot. Right. New coaches this year are 1-9. and nine. Yeah, but aren't most of them on bad teams? On bad well, they're bad. always on bad teams. When are you replacing? When are you a new coach on a great team? Yeah, it doesn't ha- right. So like, it doesn't happen. I, I, I don't think that's an indictment on new coaches. <laughs> I mean, no, but early. okay, give me you know four and seven. I, yeah, I mean it's too. We can't judge. I'm not going to judge a coach based on two weeks. <laughs> no, we, we got a long way to go. But they're I, not doing well. I said yeah. last year, Sean Payton. I never thought he was an elite coach. I thought he had an elite quarterback. Yeah, and, and he, he bailed did. as soon as Drew Brees retired. Payton bailed. And now, yeah, we'll see. He's got 15 more. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think they're all going to be with Russ Wilson at quarterback either. Well, I don't know uh, when they can move on from yeah, him. They're, they're, stuck like, they're almost stuck with him like we are with Watson. Oh, Not yeah. quite as bad, but uh, close. It's pretty, it's pretty it's neck and neck. Yeah. We got, we got to read, Mike? I got 
two more reads today. Here's the first one. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you peace of mind. So you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have all the proper medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared and save more than $360 by getting those life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Guys, the Browns' run defense of the first two weeks of the season has been stellar, but they have not yet faced a running back near the quality of one Derrick Henry. Do you think the Browns will be able to shut down King Henry this week, or are we going to see and learn if the Browns' rush defense is a little bit of fool's gold based on their first two opponents? So their run D is fourth in the NFL right now, yards per carry. As Bull likes to point out, it's two games. It means yeah. very, very, very little. Against two teams um, that don't they didn't run have, the ball. They didn't have premier running backs. I yeah. mean, Mixon is Mixon's what he a really is, good but, back. But, and he, had, he had some moments against the Browns, but they were down by so much they were slamming yeah. it. Uh, and then, obviously, Pittsburgh, you know, I, I think that their best back is their second string back, and it pretty much bore that out against us on Monday night. Um, but it is what it is. We only have a short sample size, so we'll use it. The Browns' run defense has been pretty good against it this year. They're fourth in the NFL. Derrick Henry, who's normally near or at the top, yards per carry, has not been the same guy yet. Started slowly last year and found his groove, so let's not write him off. But he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry. That's not even in the upper half. Yeah. Uh, now, in fairness, back. even last year, like, you know, from, ni- ninth, from 18, 19, and 20, he was between 5 and 5.5 yards per carry, he which was is elite. Job. Yeah. The last two years, in 21 and 22, 4.3, and then last year, 4.4. Now, his total yardage was huge last year because they give him the ball a zillion times. Sure. But 4.4 is not elite. It's good. It's very good. good. It's very good, but it's, but not, it's elite. not Yeah, elite is when you're in the 5 neighborhood, yeah. you're elite. That's right. And uh, so, so far, 40 carries, 143 yards. It's 3.6 per game. Uh, and he's carried the ball 40 times. So. I'm nervous, though. I'm ner- I, like, yeah, that's I, a task, I, no I, doubt. I'm not going to say that, that one side or the other has a clear edge and that they're going to stone him, and I'm also not going to say that he's going to run for 180, but he's going to get his yards. He's, he's going to get his yards. I, maybe somewhere, his average right now is only 71 a game. I think he'll eclipse that. Yeah. Don't know that he'll go over 100, but look, he's still Derrick Henry. And, and, and he's going to be tough to stop. Right. And they did add DeAndre Hopkins, who I wasn't even thinking about the other day right. with Traylon yeah. Burks. But, but um, so their wide receiving core is better. I like Traylon Burks. I think he's got potential. I haven't seen him enough to know how good he is. But with DeAndre Hopkins is still a threat, certainly in the passing game. Right. So it's not like you can completely ignore their passing game. Ryan Tannehill's not great, but they've got talented guys. So, But I think if you're the Browns, I think their running get, run defense is legit. I also think... You have to continue to trust that your corners are, are are good enough that you don't need to put give them extra help. Like they should be able to handle the job, and so the safeties can be more involved in the run game because that's ultimately what Tennessee wants to do. Even though they have good wide receivers, yeah, I believe in the upgrades they made at defensive tackle. So therefore, I believe in the in the run defense, yeah, right. and I think it it will hold even in a matchup like this. I do think Henry's probably still getting his legs under him and he's just going to get better as it goes on but also yeah. at some point there is going to be a cliff like this isn't 
LeBron and Tom Brady. He's right. a running back. At yep. some point. And he's a running back that's had a with a lot of miles on his tires. Yeah, five right. years. He's yeah. been right. overused. If it's if if you can do that today, he's been an overused running back. Yeah. So at some point, he is going to hit that wall, <laughs> and I I. I, I, the yards between the 20s don't scare me as much as the yards in the red zone, right? I guess. And we've talked about that before. Defenses will give you whatever you want between the 20s. It's holding you to three rather than six. And obviously with the punishing running style like that, that's where the red zone really becomes a factor. So I'm more interested in what, what he does in the red zone. Do you think the Browns or Henry win that matchup? Oh, I think the – I mean, it, I'd say the Browns. I yeah. think the Browns are going to win the matchup. Good, and I yet so. when you see my headline – uh oh. <laughs> You've given us a little bit of idea yeah. of where you're going. One thing that I want to do right now is tease what's coming up in our twelve thirty show because that matchup is going to be one to watch mm-hmm. for sure. But we all the three of us will tell you what we think the matchup is, which one will decide the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it you know, Derrick Henry against the Browns interior defensive line? Is it the Tannehill arm against the Browns cover corners? We're gonna pick the most pivotal matchup to watch that's coming up at 12 30 over on wkyc channel 3 here in cleveland if you're not in the cleveland area and you still want to watch it you can go to wkyc.com click on the watch live button or what i recommend is downloading the wkyc plus app then you can put it on your smart tv at home and watch it on the big screen tv with no problem by the way jay before you move on to put it in perspective how often derrick henry has toted the rock over the last four years forget this year so far from 2019 to 2022 Derrick Henry has over 300 more rushing attempts than Nick Chubb. And by the way, for all the complaints about Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's like third in rushing attempts in the last four years. Maybe right. either second or third. Now, if you Derek break that Hen- down, that's four years. Okay, that's four years. Yeah. And that's cor- I'm just talking about the last four years. It's more... Derek- you said 19, 20, 21, and 22. 22. Last so four that's years. four years. He has 300 more that's carries. About, I basically play one more season. So here's what that basically means. Yeah. It means he's getting 75 more carries a, a season. It's even more than that because it's more which than 300. Is, which comes down to like almost five carries more per game. Yes. I don't know who's played more games. Nick Chubb's missed a little time. Derrick Henry in 21 missed a few missed games. Missed some time, yeah. It's probably so, close. But it's, it can't be far off. Yeah, it's probably but pretty yeah, close. But yeah, I mean... That's a significant He's essentially played one more season than Nick Chubb in the last five years, if you add up the carries. Yeah. And Nick Chubb carries the ball a lot. If Chubb carries it 18 times a game, he's carrying it 23 times a game. That adds up. It does add up. Yeah. Those are all every, you know, you've got, the body has, you've heard this before, the body has so many hits in it. Yeah. It has so many, you know, you have so many miles. And you said that he's going to hit a cliff. A lot of times at that position, it's one day it's there and the next day it's gone. I mean, the list of running backs... That were great, not good, but great for at least a year or two, and then we're out of the league two years later. Is long. There's guys that people have mentioned to me recently because we've been playing this, you know, the immaculate grid with football. Right. So my buddy and I go back and forth on this. And there's there's so many guys just in the last decade that you're like, wow, I forgot how good that guy was for a couple of yeah. years, and then flash and, and gone. Then gone, just like that. Yeah. And I got two th- questions for you, real quick. Go ahead. First, the Titans and the Browns are both tied. Second in the league, allowing 65 rush yards per game. Right. Now, I know the Titans have played the Saints and the Chargers, while the Browns have played Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. We don't watch Tennessee as closely as we watch Cleveland, obviously. Of course but not. Of those two run defenses, which one do you have more faith in of actually being a sustained, dominant rush defense throughout the season? 
I don't honestly. I'm not going to be a phony. I don't know enough about the tight. I know yeah. Jeffrey Simmons is really good. Simmons is great, in and the that's middle. all I know too. Out of the rest, like much. Listen, the, Joe Mixon. Uh, when they played the Chargers, there was no Austin Eckler. Right. Okay. So Joe, if you look at those four teams that yep. that the Titans and Browns have played, Joe Mixon is actually the best back of the four teams right. without Eckler. Um, but the Bengals didn't run the ball a lot, and neither did the Steelers. Right. The Steelers don't run the ball a lot. The Chargers don't run the ball a lot either. The Saints are a running team, but Alvin Kamara's hasn't played yet. Yeah. And Jamal Williams got hurt in that first game. It's tough to go on, so on total I, I, yards because yeah. it's two games. Yeah. And how those games played out have a significant impact on how much you run the ball, particularly Cincinnati down three touchdowns. They, they didn't run a lot. They just didn't. No. I went to yards per carry for mine. Yeah. And the Browns were, I, I think I said, fourth in the NFL. They're averaging 3.6 yards per, okay. per rushing attempt against. And what were That's the Titans? good. We have that. Uh, the Titans were very good too. I didn't. I didn't write down their rank on yards per carry. Right, right. But right. they were up. They were very good. Yeah, I, I'll look into it. They're I just both think it's too good. early to judge teams based on the stats. But to Jason's two point, weeks. like yeah. I, I like the pieces that they've added when it comes to stopping the run, and I think it's safe to say they're going to be significantly better at stopping the run this year than yeah. last year. Are they going to be better than Tennessee at the end of the year? I don't yeah. know. I, I think we all believe in the Browns' ability to stop the run and yes. just, just be really good on the defensive line right now. There's no reason not to. Right. I, I, I don't know enough about the, the the bread and butter of the Titans' defensive not line either. to know how good they're going to be the whole year. Yeah. I got the numbers. So Cleveland is fourth right now. 3.6, right? 3.2. Tennessee 3. is second, 2.7. So okay, that's very, very, that's very impressive. high on yeah. both. My That's next question impressive. for you guys before we read some Super Chats. We have spent the first... But real quick, Mike. Yes. In reality, now with Nick Chubb out, the Titans have the edge in running back, obviously. Yeah. So. Big time. Yeah, yeah, they do. Big time. Yeah. All right. We, we're not doing this in the in the TV show coming up at 1230 on WKYC, which you should all tune into. Please help us out. But real quick, we, we spent the first hour and 15 minutes here. I think rightfully so, but as Jason said earlier, we kind of buried the Browns. What makes you feel optimistic about their chances on... Sunday against the Titans. What what makes you go into this game feeling confident, feeling their good? defense, their defense, yeah, their defense, the ability that they showed last year in bouncing back from a horrific loss in Week Two to the Jets at home on a short week to come back and beat Pittsburgh four days later on a Thursday night. That showed something, and I know it didn't carry the rest of the year, but to be able to put that behind them and come back, you know, this loss against in Pittsburgh on Monday night had that same gut punch feel for obviously very different reasons. So I, I think that they are capable of putting it behind them. The motivation to play well for Nick, all of that stuff, it all plays a factor in that. And as Jay said, the defense, I'm just not sold yet on this offense. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. What else? How could you be confident in the offense right now? They, they're throwing – their passing game has been terrible. I mean, you I You have think, an unproven back now. I think Jerome Ford could be decent, but how, how do we know? Right. We've only seen him play right. basically one game. And, and Nick Chubb was ma- able to make up for the deficiencies of the tackles. I don't know that Jerome Ford can do that. I it's don't know if there's many style. guys that can do that. It's a, he, it, it appears Ford has such a different running style than Nick, and we've talked about yeah. the I, – I still roll my eyes a little bit at the PFF grades, but for the sake of this – Oh, ta- here we go. No, well, if it fits my argument, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, use it. There you go. The tackles, run grades on the tackles has been horrendous. And we said, well, they have Nick. You know, when you got Nick Chubb, Makes up for it. it. Makes up for yeah. it. Well, that's gone. That's gone. I'm terrified, terrified about our run game. 
Because I, yeah. I said this after the loss Monday night. When you become one-dimensional, you're halfway to defeat. I don't think they're going to be one. They're, not, they're at least going to attempt to not be one-dimensional. Well, I, they're going to try. But yeah. when, when Mike reads those numbers that they're 2.7 yards per carry against them. Now, granted, yeah. they didn't face Eckler when they played the Chargers. So I yeah. get that. But it is what we have to go off of. They've been pretty stout against the run. We lost our run horse. We're bringing a guy in who last week was watching the game on Monday night with his feet up on the sofa, just like us. Right, in, but in he's two not days, be the main guy. No, but he's one of. He's yeah. number two. Yep. And or number three. I yeah. don't know how they're going to uh, parse we'll that out. You don't but, go from Planet Fitness on Monday to Brown no. Stadium on Friday. On yeah, I mean, the following you Sunday. do, but how do you typically look? Yeah. And that's what scares me. So I'm, I am absolutely terrified that although I think we'll try to establish the run early. If you have a couple of quick three and outs because you're not being able to run the ball, now if you panic when you threw a pick six, you're likely going to panic when you realize there's no chance you're going to run it all day, and that's when you become one-dimensional, and that's what scares me. Yeah, I, they're confident in Jerome Ford. Now, we'll see. I also heard the same thing about wait till you see Deshaun, and well, we've seen it. <laughs> so, But they, they have a lot of confidence that Jerome Ford's going to be just fine. He did have a couple of nice runs Monday night, and now with a whole week's worth of, of reps, like that's important to understand too. Like he wasn't getting starters reps in practice. Well, he is now, and it was a short week, but he, he's got starters workload Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. and we'll see how Jerome Ford looks on Sunday. By the way, this idea that it would be okay, obviously be better if Watson were average and not terrible. We'd all take that for now. But the idea that that would be good enough in the long term is it's ridiculous. Not. It's, it's not, not going to be it's good not enough not in the long term. Yeah, you're right. But if you have an elite defense, and we think we do, yeah. if you have an elite defense, you can win with an average quarterback. You can get to the playoffs. You can be the Tennessee Titans. You may not win the Super Bowl, yeah. but you can win. And that's right. why I said earlier this week, I, I had as our ceiling perhaps getting to the AFC Championship game with a healthy Nick Chubb. I've amended that now, but I would take that bull. I know ultimately the end game is to win a Super Bowl, right. and you've got five years to do it, four left. Uh, let's just get an average Deshaun Watson this year and an elite defense and maybe two playoff games, yeah. and then next year try to get this guy jump-started and back to who he was when he was in Houston, Yeah. and then if you can do that in year three, this contract suddenly doesn't look like an albatross. Yeah, I Yes, in theory, if it all goes that way, right. I would agree with you. <laughs> I'm being extremely yeah, optimistic. I, I with just my don't buy that a mediocre Deshaun Watson is going to win them win them a playoff game, even with a really good defense. Because I think there's so many good teams in the AFC, and I know the Bengals are off to a bad start. And listen, if Burrow's dealing with the calf all year, they may just have a terrible year and whatever. Right. But like Kansas City's still there. I know Buffalo had a bad week one. They clobbered their opponent last week. Uh, you know, it's the Raiders, but still yeah. they look more well, themselves. mediocre teams have won playoff. You games. know, it can sure. happen. But that's true. So, but as we've as the years have gone by, teams with mediocre quarterback play don't win a lot of playoff games. No, they win some, but not a lot. That's yeah. why you talk about Kirk Cousins and Tannehill right. in the same vein. Right, and you talk about Burrow well, I, I, and Mahomes. I think Cousins it, is better. See than now, Tannehill. to me, Cousins and Tannehill are not the same. No, but what has Cousins done? Now, Cousins has been bad in the playoffs, and that's my point. But Cousins, the Cousins in the regular season. <laughs> Top, he's a been borderline top ten quarterback. He's been terrific. He's yeah. been a top ten quarterback. He's a great fantasy quarterback. He's a great fantasy quarterback <laughs> because fantasy doesn't carry over to the postseason. That's right, and neither does he. But yeah, no. Now, but he's a quarterback that if he had one big playoff run and got to the Super Bowl, change, you'd look at him differently. He could change minds. You look at him. Differently. Well, look at Eli Manning.
Manning. How we look at Eli Manning. Right. Yes. He won playoff games in two seasons. That's it. It just so but happened to be most... that he won all of them in yeah, those right, seasons right. and the MVP in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. And, he played... and look how we judge him. Yeah. Without those two Super Bowl runs, he is probably Kirk Cousins. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's very fair. Kirk Cousins yeah. had way better regular season stats than Eli, though. He did. That's Absolutely true. he does. But the game, the game has gone... Continue to go more and more past yeah, heavy. Right, it's fair. throw heavy. Even since Eli More so played. than ever before. Yeah. We got to get some Super Chats in before we head over to WKYC. You can also watch in the WKYC app if you're not in the Cleveland market. So download the Channel 3 WKYC app, and you can watch 30 minutes of brand-new Browns-Titans content that we will be doing on Channel 3 here in about nine minutes. But we got some Super Chats to read first, and whenever we read you Super Chats, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is the leading man manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We got four Super Chats, guys, and we're going to get through these as we need to. The first one comes from Devoid Archangel. How long until we call Deshaun Watson Fran Mill? Oh, Fran Mill. As in like Reyes? Fran Reyes? I'm guessing that's, that's what the only Fran Mill I've ever heard. I don't heard. understand the comparison. I don't either. We'll move on. Really Next either. one from Bill Rodewalt. Browns have the number two defense in terms of yards per game and the number seven offense in yards per game. Watson had eight of ten passes on target that weren't caught. Watson has a big game. Browns win big on Sunday. Wait, he's saying the Browns have the seventh rated offense? In terms, in terms of, of yards. yards per game, they do. Yeah, they do. That, that's, that's, a, that's like the win-loss record for a pitcher. Doesn't mean much. Next one. This is a question from Simple. If the season does go <laughs> to crap and Stefanski gets fired, would you want to see Jim Schwartz as the next head coach and bring in an offensive coordinator, or would you want Watson to have his choice of the next head coach? Neither. It's a good question. I've yeah. got an interesting answer to that. Do you guys want to go? My you answer neither? is neither. I don't want you. Yeah. Jim Schwartz, I don't want him as the head coach. Yeah. I want him to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. That's what he's great at. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who I want as the head coach, but I don't want the shot. I don't want my quarterback picking the coach. Good no. Lord, no. I mean, I I want them to meet and be on the same page, right. but I don't want my quarterback picking the coach. No. no. Not picking the coach, but I think he would have a say in who the next coordinator is, offensive coordinator. And that makes sense. He should. That's, that's here's what, if, if they move on, here's my, my fantasy world. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator, period. Yeah. The one mistake that the league makes, and the, society makes this mistake, they always assume, well, you're good at one thing, so you're going to be great at the next thing. That's right. Um, look at the number of coaches that have come from the coordinator ranks that have flamed out infamously. Yeah. Just couldn't do it. It's not for everybody. It really isn't. No. I think Kevin Stefanski, in his one year as an offensive coordinator in Minnesota, was pretty damn good. I think as a head coach, he's been pretty damn mediocre. Uh, I think Swartz, we've seen him as a head coach. Yeah. He wasn't it. Um, that, but to you your did point, talk about experience the some, second time. Yes. Now, if that move happens in the middle of the season, he's the interim coach. Yeah, sure. And I think that's part of the reason he was brought in. Right. But if you're going to just scrub the decks and start all new next year. I'm going with an offensive coordinator that calls plays that has previous experience. I'm going with Swartz as my defensive coordinator and I'm going with my head coach who is the CEO of the program. He's going to run the whole thing. 
but he's not going to be calling plays. Yeah. Who is I mean, it? Mo- again, most of the coaches call plays now. Maybe I'd go with Mike do. Vrabel if I had my pick. It's just me. If that's possible, that would definitely be a popular move here in Cleveland. Last Super Chat before we head out. Oh, we have one more that just got dropped. But Rob Lothar says, if the Browns release Kevin midseason, do you think Schwartz is his interim replacement? Just answer that question. Yeah, does everybody think that? I mean, I said I don't even think it's. Uh, I think there's a chance it's Bubba. I think special teams, and I love Bubba, but I think special teams have underperformed this year. They have. Well, DPJ lost him in the lights. They lost those punts in the lights. But it might. I, it, I think. I think. I, isn't it more lights. for the reason so Schwartz can continue to just focus on yeah. focus on the defense? Yeah. yeah. I and I, odds on favorite is probably Schwartz. I just couldn't it. Have, could it? Couldn't Bubba. it be uh, uh, AVP? No. Oh my God! I just forgot his name. Well, he, AVP. Callahan. Couldn't it just be Callahan? No, I don't think so. He was the previous head coach. head coach. Yeah, but I don't think he would want that. I don't think. He but would just even interim. Want it. it might be best for the team. If he I don't were. think he would want it. Yeah. He's got a nice, cushy position where he is. I, I think being the interim, I think that'd be best for the team because then the coordinators could stay where they are and Van Pelt would call the plays. But hopefully it doesn't come to this. Yeah. And we have one more real quick, and we have one minute before we have to transition. What's our out time? 27? Uh, 27. Okay. Set apart, Laz says in all caps, I don't know if y'all know, but you talked against the Browns all day today. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we start the show over? What does that mean, we talked against the Browns? Wait, we need to... What we, does that we even can't, mean? We can't do that. <laughs> we I don't should, even understand what that means. What does that there's mean been negative the Browns? Browns talk. How dare us? How even, dare us? I, I, well, I don't even accept that we've had negative Browns talk. We've talked about our concerns. That's the, I don't find that negative. I, I, no, some of the, what we've discussed has been negative. Yeah. We've also pointed out some positives. I, I mean... Talked about how good their defense I, I is. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but look, if you're coming to this program... Expecting all of us to be holding orange and brown pom-poms and to hide the obvious and talk about only positives and how good you are, how good they are, you're at the wrong place. If you want, We're going to give it to you the way we see it. If, if you want cheerleaders, go watch the Brown, Cleveland Browns daily radio show. That, that, go let, that, yes, they, watch state-run media. They're cheerleaders. It's state-run media. You We're expect telling them your to honest be. opinion. Bye. Go to Channel 3. See you at Channel 3 for the most important 30 minutes of UCSS every week. <laughs>
Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Yeah! Here Friday. we go! Let's go! Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC3. We are here every Friday throughout the football season, 48 hours and 30 minutes from right now. The Browns will embark on their third game of the season. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. I'm Jay Crawford. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to do a segment called Pre-Written Headlines. That's when you actually get to find out well in advance, not just who wins, but how the game is decided. Bull. I'm Adam the Bull. And is this week the last chance for Deshaun Watson to prove he's the superstar the Browns thought they traded for? We'll find out. Jason. I'm Jason Lloyd. I'm going to tell you why Jeffrey Simmons and that defensive line of the Titans against uh, Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio of the Browns is going to probably decide who wins this game. Mikey. And I'm Mikey McNuggets, and by the end of this show, you're going to find out why I am hands down, unquestionably, the funniest member of this TV panel. <laughs> there is no truth to that whatsoever. <laughs> that gets five Pinocchios. Tyvis is the funniest. Wait till you see the headline. Uh, my, listen, I'm number one in the funny rankings. Who are you kidding? Tyvis? And the most reliable, the most the correct, the smartest, the smartest, definitely <laughs> the most obnoxious, I'll give the loudest you the two spot, Mikey, Mikey, you get the two spot on the funny rankings. I, I will I say you. this after the uh, fantasy league results last year, the last place person had to do a stand five up. minute stand up routine at yeah. a, at a fourth street uh, comedy club and Hilarities. McNuggets knocked it out of the park. He did knocked it out of the park. He was genuinely funny. He picked up a girlfriend there too. Yes, he did. How about that? That was life changing. You finishing last in the <laughs> fantasy league is the best thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, it might really be. I'm 2-0 this yeah. year. All right, let's dive in. And we're going to start with the matchup that really is the brain trust of this matchup. Kevin Stefanski versus Mike Vrabel. Vrabel's obviously been in the league longer as a head coach. We're familiar with Mike. He's a local product from not far in, uh, in I think, Stowe he went to. Walsh Jesuit. Walsh Jesuit. Walsh Jesuit. I'm sorry. Uh, Stefanski, in his fourth season now, he's been around 500. Guys, even though they've played just once, and Stefanski won that matchup, I think it was 41-35 back in the year that they made the playoffs, 2020. Who has the coaching edge in this one? Is it Stefanski or is it Vrabel? Yeah, I mean, there's no way you can't say Vrabel on this one. I and and uh, I and I know Jason too are higher than, on Stefanski than the average Clevelander, but still, Mike Vrabel has consi- now Mike Vrabel. You can be very critical of his postseason, but in the regular season, I, I mean, Kevin Stefanski's only won one playoff game and only played in two. Stefanski was doesn't uh, have a playoff win. No, uh, well. Technically, he does, even though he wasn't there. Well, no, technically, he doesn't. Technically, he doesn't, but right. he gets credit. But he gets one. credit for it. It yes. was his team, but he wasn't there no, calling he wasn't the plays. There. That's fair. You're right. Uh, uh, Vrabel has two playoff wins. Right. Better. He's been around longer. They've had some bad losses in the playoffs. However, he's never had a good quarterback, and yet they've won a lot of games there. Last year, they fell apart the second half of the season. We've never seen that before. Until the, like the midway point of last year, they've always been consistently good. And I don't think I think they've overachieved their talent. So I, I don't think there's any doubt Vrabel's the number one guy in the, in this matchup. How dare you 
make me have to agree with you. <laughs> I do. I am high on Kevin Stefanski, but you have to go with Mike Vrabel on this only because the Titans don't beat themselves. Like this is not a team that commits a ton of penalties, turns the ball over a lot. They play sound defense. They run the ball well. And you're right. They win with average quarterback play. Ryan Tannehill at best is average. They don't have a ton of postseason success because of it. You need elite quarterback play to win in the playoffs, but you can win a lot of regular seasons with their style of play. Yeah. I like Mike Vrabel a lot. He has not lost in Cleveland as a head coach, and they have a tough task. I, we, we just seem to we dismiss the Titans at times, and I'm just guilty of it. If you play good defense and you run the ball, you don't have a quarterback. Well, you're the Titans, and where are you really going to go ultimately? Yeah. yeah. And and but they win a lot of games in the regular season that way. He's had a lot of success. If this yeah. were a court of law, I would have to recuse myself. Yeah. I've known Mike for 30 years. Uh, I was a young anchor at Channel 10 in Columbus when he was beginning his college career at Ohio State. Um, I got to know him very well during that four-year period. And I've stayed in contact with him and I've known him very well in his post-Ohio State career, both as a player and as a coach. I love Mike Vrabel. Um, all that being said, I'm not going to recuse, my, recuse myself. I'm going to try to be as objective as I can. And I have to agree with you guys, too. Yeah. I like Stefanski. I do. I'm not a Stefanski uh, critic. Um, I, I think he's given us a lot to like. He's also given us a lot not to like. But in this case, you'd be crazy if you didn't put in the check mark of head coach advantage Tennessee because, again, his body of work, what he's done. And you mentioned he hasn't lost here in Cleveland. Don't underestimate how important it is Mike coming home. Yeah. It's going to have a lot of people at the game on Sunday. And he definitely, I mean, he wants to win every game. Yeah. But this is one that's a little extra special for him. So, for that reason, I Real say, quick, the only Mike, argument you can make for Stefanski is that he does have a disadvantage in terms of division. The AFC South... For a oh, number of years now, wait. it's been terrible. Yeah. yeah, And that's an advantage that the Titans have had because Houston's been awful for years. Yeah, Jacksonville, until the, last, until the second half of last year, has been awful, and Indy's been bad for a bunch of years. Yeah, So that's, it is an advantage All in right. his favor. Let's go to another matchup, and I think this is probably maybe the second most important matchup, and I want you guys to tell me what that is, aside from the head coaching matchup. Yeah. Which position group matchup or one-on-one -on -one matchup in Sunday's game will decide it? Uh, to me, it's Deshaun Watson against, you could say the whole secondary, but really the safeties of Tennessee. Because when you look at guys ending up, be, you know, Deshaun Watson needs a nice open pass, like where a guy's wide open down the field, and a long touchdown. Don't I think they that would all? go a long way to give him confidence, right? <laughs> yeah. the, Deshaun Watson's uh, ability to read what the safeties are doing on a play, the great quarterbacks... See that re we talked about this with Tyvis the other day. They see the safeties and they're able to figure out what's going on. The safeties are the tell sure. for what the team is doing defensively. That matchup of Kevin Byard and 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 the safety versus quarterback matchup and Deshaun Watson be able to read what they're doing and call the play accordingly to me is huge. Deshaun Watson needs to have a big game. He's way overdue. And I think that matchup will go the biggest way in terms of who's going to win the game. Jay, what do you got? I like Jeffrey Simmons against the Titans of the Titans against Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, Nathan Pochick on the inside of the Browns interior defensive line. Uh, he's elite and, and he's already got two sacks this year. And Wyatt Teller gave up a couple of inside pressures last week. That's really unusual for him. Uh, Larry Ogajobi beat him on a play and, and Wyatt, you know, we talked about this on the show this week. Wyatt spent so much time Monday night in Dewan Jones' ear, telling, literally telling Dewan where to go and what his blocking schemes were and what his assignments were. Like, I understand Dewan's a rookie. He's a fourth-round pick. He, there was not expected to be in the spot this early. He's got to know his assignments. 
And I had the binoculars on him all night and why it was in his ear to the point where I think it actually impacted Wyatt's play in that game. So the, just the Browns offensive line in general, pass protection wise is going to be key in this game. Watson's been under pressure all year long, really both the first two games. What's he been sacked seven times? I think it is I think more than that. In, yeah. in, in nine, eight, times. nine times, nine times yeah. in the first two games. And even when he hasn't been brought down, their teams are still getting heat on him. He's holding the ball too long. I don't think he's seeing the field as well as he should be. So for a variety of reasons, I just think it's the Simmons matchup on the, against the inside of the right, Browns. I'll, I'll be very brief here. I think it's the Browns wide receivers against the defensive secondary, not just the safeties of the Tennessee Titans. If I always, Bill Belichick looks at a team, what's their strength? Try to take it away. What's their weakness? Exploit it. That is the Titans' def- uh, weakness on their defense, is the back end of their secondary. They're near the bottom of the league when it comes to pass defense. So, Deshaun, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting. It's going to be nice weather. You've got the home favorable crowd behind you and a bad defensive secondary. Go out there and have that big game that we've all desperately been waiting for. Speaking of the crowd, we expect they'll be friendly. I mean, it's a home yeah. crowd. No Nick Chubb. They're going to be pent up about that. Kareem Hunt is back on the roster. What are your expectations from the crowd, Jason? Uh, excited at first and nervous. You know, if things get off track quickly, I think there's going to be a lot of booze in that stadium. But obviously, people will be excited to see Kareem back. I have zero expectations of Kareem Hunt. You don't go from Planet Fitness on Monday to playing in an NFL game on Sunday. Like, I just – I. He cannot possibly. Did you be see in him yesterday? Shape. Yeah, I, someone that saw him said he looked ten pounds lighter. He has lost a little bit of weight, and that's fine. But there's a big difference in being in shape and being in game shape. He cannot no possibly be in game shape. That's impossible. I think playing. somebody sent me a tweet or sent us a tweet saying the Browns fans should do the Trey Turner thing. Do you guys know what happened with him? No, it's probably it's obviously well, it's coincidence I think, but you know people. So Trey Turner signed this long-term deal with the Phillies this year. Yeah. And he was having a miserable season, by far the worst season of his career. There was one day where the entire fans at the beginning of the game gave him a standing ovation. The oh, crowd went bananas. I see. Yeah. And his, for whatever reason, his season from there has taken off. He's played great. Now, I, to me, it's just coincidence. However, you never know no. in terms of a player's confidence. I think when Deshaun Watson is announced to the crowd on Sunday, the f- entire stadium should give him a standing ovation. Everybody get it. You know, you want to boo him later because he stinks. If that happens, okay. I can't do anything. But I'm saying, try to build this guy's confidence up. You look at Deshaun Watson, it feels like it's all a mental thing right now. I think everybody, he's got the crowd's got to get up, stand up, and cheer, give him a standing ovation, try to build a little confidence. Great idea, and I think he's going to get that anyhow. He will. I don't think they're going to give it to him because they think he needs it. They're going to do it because they think it's going to yeah. help, help the team win. I think walking into the Brown Stadium on Sunday is going to be like walking through a minefield. Here's what I mean by that. As long as your foot goes in the right place, you survive. But to your point, if he throws a pick six early in the game, oh. if he has a fumble that turns into a touchdown, if he's constantly missing open receivers or just throwing the ball at receivers' feet, that's the equivalent of stepping on a landmine, and that place is going to explode. That will because be bad. I think in the last couple of weeks, we have seen the fan base that is firmly behind him go from in the 80 percentile to around the 50 percentile. Another bad game in front of the home crowd in a game that they're expected to win, and that number is going to turn really fast. Big time. We've seen it here a million times. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Coach Tyvis 
He was the defensive MVP of a national championship game for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He breaks down some <laughs> critical film. Is that Stefanski <laughs> given the given the side eye to yeah. Tyvis? Stay with us. The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC is coming right back. We welcome you back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC. We are here every Friday throughout the football season, 1230 to 1. Make us a habit. And if you like what you see here, find us every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Just type UCSS into the search bar. It will take you to our YouTube page. Subscribe, like. Anytime there's breaking news with Cleveland Sports, we immediately break in with live programming and let you know exactly what's going Wait, on. Wait, Jay, we have breaking news. Oh, well, here you go. breaking news on the TV version of Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Wow. Greg Newsom has been ruled out against the Titans. Oh, Greg Newsom wow. will not play against Tennessee. That's I feel we Mary have to K. take Cabin. a minute to react to that. We I know do. it's going to throw us we off do. our schedule, but immediate thoughts there? That's a big loss. It and is. He had the elbow against the Steelers. He was in and out of the game Monday night. He was out of practice today, mm. I saw earlier. That's a, that's a, now, the Titans don't have the receiving core maybe of – the Bengals or some They've of these other elite decent teams. receivers there. Yeah, but we the, the Browns also have two decent corners. corners still, yeah, right? so, so, but it's a big loss. I think it puts pressure on all the other guys uh, on the back end of the defense, particularly yeah. Grant Delpit, who I think we all agree That's, has played great. absolutely lights out through two games of yeah. the season. One uh, other thing in terms of injury, go ahead. James Hudson, their third tackle now with Jack Conklin out. Yeah, he's questionable for the game. Yeah. So if not, we don't want him to play because they're no, already bad enough. But, but you it, need the depth. But I don't even know who their next tackle is. After Michael him. Dunn would probably. Oh I yeah, think wow. Goes out, right, okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of Grant Delpit and mm-hmm. all of those guys really having to step up their game with no Greg Newsom, Tyvis broke down some Grant Delpit plays from last week, and I think it's going to make all of us smarter. Tyvis, take it away. Thanks, Jay. And now I'm going to break down a play that happened in the first quarter of this game that led to a dominant defensive performance by the Browns. Now, it's third and three on this play, as you can see. The, the, the key to this is that the Browns have to run man-to-man on third and three. You typically want to run man-to-man on th- third and short yardage because you want that coverage to be tight. You don't really want to run zone. The Browns elect to go cover one on this. I know it's cover one because I can see Juan Thornhill in the post. Anthony Walker becomes the hook player. Everybody else is playing with the outside man technique because they want to jump on the outward breaking routes because they know they have an inside presence with Anthony Walker. Pre-snap communication is big and it's something that we didn't have. Grant Dale Pitt talks to Anthony Walker before this play and lets him know, hey, if my guy runs the inward breaking route, I want you to cut it, which then makes Dale Pitt become free on this play. It works perfect, perfectly. Grant Dale Pitt undercuts uh, G News man, which is George Pickens on this route. The quarterback never expects that to happen, and that's what led to this interception. If Dale Pitt continues to play at this level right here, then he better hire Jerry Maguire as his agent, and he better tell the Browns <laughs> to show him the money. And this right here is why I am down with the dog pound this year. Back to you guys. All right, very good. I have to say, the first thing that we all noticed was, like, he's now buttoned up Tyvis when yeah. we're on Channel 3. Yeah. He's got the golf shirt on. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Tie this, you dog. That was was so good. That was really good. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Fence Riders. It's a segment where we definitively pick a side on all kinds of matchups for Sunday's game between the Browns and the Titans. Stay with us. 
And we welcome you back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, WKYC style. We're here every Friday through football season, 1230 to 1. Thank you so much for spending time with us. All right, this is a segment called No Fence Riders. If you watch us regularly, you're familiar with what we do. If we're not, here's Mikey McNuggets to sort of explain it. Yeah, this is a pick a side, stick with it, no if ands, maybes. Put it with your chest, say it with your chest, and we got three questions for you guys today. The first has to do with the one and only Kareem Hunt. The question is simply, will Kareem Hunt have at least three carries against the Titans? A pretty split answer here. Earl, Jay, Bull, G, and Tyvis. Well, they said yes, while Jason and myself are on the no side of the fence. Jason, defend the right answer here and tell people why he will not have at least three carries. I will as soon as you give me a picture that doesn't make me look like a wrestler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you think he's going to be inactive? Well, no, I mean, Kevin just said he's going to play. Like, literally. Okay. And it's, it's like three carries, gonna, Jay. Three. I'm, I, I just, I'll believe it when I see it. He's not in shape. He's not, he can't possibly well, but, be ready to but play watch. an NFL game. Three carries means a carry every 20 minutes of clock yeah, time I know, I or know. a carry an hour. I mean, how long does it take yeah, him to reboot from one carry? I, I think that. Jerome Ford's going to get the bulk of the carries. Is Kareem? I agree with that. Maybe they use yeah, Kareem. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Kareem will be on the field. Kevin just said that. I just don't think he's going to play a lot. I just, I, I just don't see how it's possible. Okay, I, but three and, is not a lot. And I don't think he's got a lot left in the tank anyway. Like I just, this is a, this is an emergency <laughs> signing. This is not a guy that they're going to be counting on heavily for, for a lot of big moments. All right. I'm just down on it. I think this was easy. I, I would expect yeah, I mean, him to get at least if he's three. Good, the only way I would have said no is if I thought he was going to be inactive. I don't right. think, I, I think we all agree he's not going to play a lot. There's no way he's not no. in shape to play a lot. But three carries. But he's played in the, he's been in the league long enough that he can get three to six carries, yeah. I think, or all touches. Right. My, I could see him getting a couple of third down passes to him. Yeah, I think he'll get receptions for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I went over three on the touches, under three on the carries. We mentioned in the YouTube show prior that the ingredients for a big Deshaun Watson game are there. Perfect weather, a porous Tennessee secondary, and frankly, with no Nick Chubb, it's got to fall on his shoulders. So the question here is, will Deshaun Watson throw for 250 or more passing yards against the Titans? Once again, Jason's on the no side of the fence, joined Oof. by Jay Crawford. The rest of us Jeez. all believe he will. You guys wills. better be wrong. Hasn't done it yet. Nope. I mean, Not this season. Yeah. So, I'm just going with the eight-game eight track games, record I have. We have eight yeah. games of proof. I mean, I'll just keep checking that box until yeah. we see otherwise. I don't know that, that I'm confident that he will. I'm just like, <laughs> he has to. No, listen, I you said before this week. I said before the Steelers game, is this going to be his breakout game? I said, it yeah. Has to. Why? Because it has to be. Well, that's – and I'm kind of where you were last week. I'm like – if it's not, if, if not now, when? Yeah, you're right. Because I, I don't know that he can do it against Baltimore and San Francisco. Bad defensive secondary. Yeah, that's exactly when it's going to happen. Weather. What do you expect? Right, probably Home right. Crowd. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> probably right. I, just, yeah. I thought this was was pretty easy. I'm like, he hasn't done it yet. I haven't seen it. 250 I've, is, you know what's amazing? It's a pretty good game, it's, 250. But 250 is not that high a bar. No, in 300 is the, yar, is the, is the right? bar. In this day, the, can you We've imagine? We've lowered the bar for can our, you, imagine, you can have 250 guys, and a half in the NFL. Can you imagine, guys, guys if I would have told you the day the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, that, that going into his ninth game, we'd be worried that he couldn't throw for 250 I yards. hated the trade, and I couldn't have even imagined Of course that. not. So, no. Of course not. All right, next up. Question number three. This puts two players, two star players against each other. Will Miles Garrett record more sacks against the Titans than Derrick Henry scores more touchdowns on Sunday versus the Browns? I am the lone person 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. On the no side of the fence here. Everyone else said yes. You're just a (laughs) negative nugget. Before I defend myself, you all said that Miles Garrett has more sacks. Why are you confident in that? He's he did a nice job of disrupting the game Sunday or Monday night without necessarily recording a big numbers. Yeah. And he's got it's coming. He's got a game coming in him, and I'll t- I'll put my money on it being this one. Uh, I got I two right. sacks for Garrett, one touchdown for Henry. I'm the same. I'm exactly the same spot. I when I started figuring out how this game was going to play out, I love the Browns' run defense. I also love Derrick Henry, but Miles Garrett. Even though he wasn't recording a lot of numbers, he was impactful on so many plays that opened up things for other guys. I think this is the game that he finally breaks out and he's going to get to Tannehill a couple of times. McNuggets, why you know on this? I said no because I think it's the same. And the question was more. Yeah. I believe it's the same. I think they each record one one touchdown for okay. Henry, one sack for Garrett. So I couldn't go over, but that's the beauty of fence riders. You got to pick a side. You got to stick with it. And in this case, I think the Browns record a couple sacks. I think Miles has won. All right, very good. Taking a break. When we come back, we tell you 48 hours in advance how Sunday's game plays out. It's unwritten headlines when the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC comes right back. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. 48 hours from now, we'll have our favorite beverage in hand, sitting on our sofa waiting for kickoff of the Browns and Titans. But today, we actually tell you how that game ends. Bull, your pre-written headline. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's get to it, Mikey. Will you bring it up here? Let's go. What win? One one for the Chubster, like the the Gipper. But instead, it's uh, Nick Chubb. I'd say I'm pushing it a little. But Watson connects with Hunt. Jason Lloyd in 23-13 win, a seven-yard touchdown reception to Kareem Hunt in his triumphant return to the Cleveland Browns. You're drunk on G's (laughs) Kool-Aid. Someone has to drink it this week in his absence. It's been spiked. And the uh, Browns will win the game. And if they don't, I'm destroying them on Monday. So I don't want to destroy them. I want to be happy on Monday like everybody else. Let's win the game. Win the game. They will Kareem Hunt shocks everybody with a touchdown. All right, let's stay with the US, uh, UCSS Times and go to my headline. And by the way, I love our little um, subheads up there. Yeah. We always throw a couple of interesting nuggets. This one um, is thoughts about Nick Chubb. That's right. Uh, let's go to my headline if we can. I think that we love our defense. We know that. Um, I have Browns bounce back, um, and the defense dominates in revenge on the Titans. Now, why would it be revenge on the Titans? We beat them the last time we played them. The last time they came in our house, they stomped on our what we thought was going to be Freddie Kitchen's great season. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Our team oh, rolled yeah. over and quit. I want revenge for that home beatdown that we suffered to start the year a couple of years ago. So that's the revenge I'm talking about, and the defense leads the way. Jay, by the way, in that picture, it looks like 
Miles Garrett cut somebody's head off and is like ripping. And like, <laughs> yeah, let's not go that far. Let's not go that That's far. That's what it looks like. You got in trouble last week, Bull. Now you're trying I, to cut I guys' the heads picture. off. I'm not cutting anybody's head off. That's what it looks like. All right, Jason, what's your headline? All right, first, my preamble. I already said, if you watch the show on YouTube, I said that I was going to take the Titans even if the Browns won Monday night just because it was such a physical game. It's coming on a short week. I think we always undervalue the Titans. And I hate being wrong, so I went back and forth on this and back and forth on this and back and forth on this, and ultimately I landed on the Titans are going to win. Oh, I'm wow. so sorry. I'm so sorry in advance. <laughs> That's Homecoming the first time King anybody on the panel has, has had a has, headline with the Browns losing all Homecoming season. Homecoming King, Mike Vrabel goes to 3-0, and stays perfect in games in Cleveland. Titans are going to win at 24-20. to I just have a bad feeling about it. I can't shake it. Like I said, even if the Browns won, it was such a physical game. Guys getting dragged off the field. Now they've lost Newsom as a result of that game Monday night. I just don't have a good feeling about this. All right, Sorry. Mikey, you promised the funniest headline of the group. Yeah, really. You better deliver. And I will. Uh, there's a classic movie. You guys may have heard of it, seen it, Saving Private Ryan, right? Saw it. So my headline for Monday's UCSS Times. You ready, Mike? How about shaming Private Ryan. Brown's defense embarrasses <laughs> Tannehill. Brown's win one for Chubb. Shout out to Anthony for the directorial work here, putting the helmet and recreating the Saving Private Ryan movie poster, except Brown's edition. The Brown's defense dominates. Brown's get the dub on right. Sunday. So a little play on the quarterback's name. I mean, I like it. Yeah. But you oversold it. Okay. Yeah, you did. You oversold it. When you say. Never undersold. Mine's going to be the funniest. It's yeah. going to, you know, it's got to deliver. And I'm well, not No offense. Sure. Your guy's comedic level on that. I thought, I thought Jason's was pretty funny. <laughs> Homecoming King. Homecoming King. Come on. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Creative. He could do better. He could do Creative? better. Creative? I don't know. No, I really I, can't. That's pretty much the top of my <laughs> Actually. I kind of liked it. All right. That's it. Um, 48 hours. Here we go. Let's get this win. The Browns desperately need to go to two and one. We are the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You can watch us every day, 11 to 1, live on YouTube. The beauty of that show is you can view it on demand. If you're busy from 11 to 1, you can watch it when you get home from work. We will see you for the post-game show. Stand up and cheer for Watson. Let's go. Let's go. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.